2, starting at verse 17, going through to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way for me. And the Lord who you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. He will sit at a refiner and puri- he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment, and I will be be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker of his wages, the the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust against the sojourner, and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Amen. Luke uh, reminded us, didn't he, at the beginning in the notices that if you've missed bringing your shoebox, you can bring, drop it to his house uh, in the next couple of days. And in a similar vein, if you missed my birthday, which was uh, last week with us being away, if you want to drop presents at my house uh, in the next few days, they will be greatly, greatly received. It's not fair. Not that I didn't get enough presents. (laughs) It's not fair. It's not fair, says the child at school, as they see someone cheat in sport and get away with it and win. It's not fair. It's not fair, we say, when we see people in positions of power in the workplace or in business, cutting corners, lying and cheating yet appearing to prosper, it's not fair. We turn on our TVs and see rulers of nations doing wrong and committing evil, yet again appearing to get away with it. It's just not fair. Maybe, maybe you've thought some of these thoughts, and I'm sure I'm sure that we've all heard others, non-Christians, saying, if God is good, why doesn't he do something? What about all the bad stuff that happens in the world? It's not fair. Here in Malachi, we see God's people asking these questions. And we see God's response. We see in chapter 2 and verse 17, as Helen read to us, 
the thinking of God's people. Verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or where is the God of justice? You see, God's people were looking out at the nations around them. They could see the evil that was being committed. Yet these nations appeared to prosper. Not only were they doing okay, in many cases they seemed to prosper. Where is the God of justice, they ask. It's not fair. It's not fair that the surrounding nations commit evil, yet seem to get away with it. They even suggest it's as if God now sees what was once evil as good. We know that's not the case. God does not change. And they should have known that too. We can see, can't we, in, the, in that verse there, we see how God is disappointed with their doubting of who he is. So as God's people look out at evil nations appearing to prosper, as they question where is the God of justice, God answers through Malachi. In chapter 3 and verse 1, we read, See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So the question where are you, the God of justice, whilst evil men prosper? Well, the answer is, I'm coming. I'm coming. God says, I will send a messenger who will prepare the way before me. And we know, don't we, that that is John the Baptist. In Matthew chapter 11, we read that Jesus quotes this verse from Malachi in reference to John the Baptist. You see, John would come first, and then Jesus. John would come to, to prepare the way to show people that Jesus was coming, to tell them who Jesus was. It says there in verse 1 that the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. And of course, we know with the benefit of the New Testament that Jesus did go to the temple we read about it in that New Testament. And as here in Malachi we see the people looking for the God of justice, we read that when Jesus went into the temple, he turned over the tables and he drove out those who were abusing their position and taking advantage of the people as Jesus rid the temple of injustice and wrongdoing. So God's answer to the people was I am coming. But if Jesus was coming, if the Lord was coming, what does that mean for the people? What is he coming to do? 
Well, we see that in the next verses from verse 2 to 4. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. In those verses, there's some great pictures, some great pictures that help us to see what effects God's presence has on his people. We have that picture, don't we, of the launderer's soap. The launderer's soap used to whiten cloth. Dirty, stained and grey cloth would be taken and the launderer's soap would be used and it would come out white and clean and pure. Or we have the picture of the refiner's fire. The refiner's fire. And I am told that if in the process of refining silver and gold, you heat it. It is heated to a great temperature and it melts. In doing that, many of the impurities are burnt off. All the organic um, impurities will be burnt off and you will be left with uh, the metals. And as you heat it, the impurities rise to the top and they are skimmed off by the refiner. The refiner skims off the top of the molten metal, that which is not pure. And as he does it, slowly but surely, he's left with the pure gold or the pure silver. And if you have ever seen molten uh, silver or molten gold, it is lovely and shimmery and shiny. It is perfect. And as it is made uh, purer and purer, you are able to see your reflection in the molten metal. That is a great picture, isn't it? That as we are refined by God, as we allow him to work in our lives, as he shows us the things that are to be removed, and as we allow him to do his work in our lives, we should, day by day, reflect his likeness more and more. God's presence should cleanse us like soap. It should refine us like gold. His, his image being seen more clearly in us. We can see from these verses what a positive effect this refining, purifying and cleansing has on God's people. In the latter half of, of verse 3 it says, Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord. As we've seen over recent weeks, uh, as we have looked at the book of Malachi, we have seen that the people's half attitude to God and the dismissive way that they approached sacrifice had spoiled their relationship with him. At the time of write, the writing of the book, at the time that it speaks of, their relationship with God couldn't have been much worse. 
We read in Malachi 1 verse 10, Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you. In chapter 2 and verse 13 we read, You weep and wail because he no longer pays attention to your offerings or accepts them. Chapter 3 verse 7, Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Their relationship with God could not have been much worse. But we see here in these verses that through this this process of refining, purifying and cleansing, the relationship could be put back on track. In verse 4 it says, And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former days. Their relationship with God could be like the good old days. I've even got to the age where I can look back now to the good old days. We always look back, don't we, with rose-tinted spectacles. But this was a true good old days when they had a, a living relationship with God. Their relationship with God could be restored by allowing him to cleanse them of the impurities in their lives. We see in verse 5 the answer to the second part of their question. Where is the God of justice? Verse 5. So I will come near to you for judgment. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers against those who defraud labourers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive aliens of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. You see, not only does God purify, he also judges. Here in this verse, it talks of a number of evil doers. There is a number mentioned. And these evildoers were probably doing the sort of things that prompted the original question from the people. Where the people thought God was turning a blind eye to sin and even allowing these people to prosper, God says he will judge. He will judge those who do these evil things as well as those who oppress the weakest in society, such as the widows and the fatherless. So where is the God of justice? The people asked. And God replies, don't you worry, I am coming to judge. So what does this all mean for us today? What does it mean for us today? Here in Malachi, God's people questioned if God really was a God of justice. We've to remember that God never changes. God in the Old Testament is God in the New Testament is God today. A God of justice. He never changes. Verse 6 reminds us of this. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed.
You see, the book of Malachi was written before Jesus came. So we here today have the benefit of the New Testament to help us see that the messenger spoken of in verse 1 of Malachi 3 is John the Baptist. And that verse points to Jesus coming that first time to Bethlehem. When Jesus came, he came for a specific purpose. And we see at the cross when Jesus died, both salvation and judgment. We see the judgment that sin deserves, separation from God. And as Jesus hung on the cross and died, Jesus cried out as he took that punishment for sin. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is how God judges sin. Separation from him forever. But in the, at the cross, we also see salvation offered in our passage today that salvation is seen as cleansing and purifying because of Jesus salvation is offered to all who ask for forgiveness from sin and realize their need of a savior the big questions of this passage the big question of this passage is where is the God of justice? Where is the God of justice? And does God care about justice? And the answer comes, he is coming to purify some and to judge. As Christians, that's those who know Jesus as Lord and Saviour, we are saved but also being refined and purified as time goes on. Those of us who are Christians will recognize that we are not perfect and we still make mistakes. We often let God down. But as we continually look to Jesus and learn from him, we start to resemble our Heavenly Father more and more. Just like as that... Um, picture of the refiner of gold and silver teaches us as someone refines silver and skim away the impurities the reflection of the refiner becomes more evident on the surface that is also the case for our lives if we allow Jesus to uh, purify us we will increasingly show his likeness in our lives As Christians, as we allow God to refine us, we should reflect his likeness more and more. As he shows us the impurities in our lives and we allow him to skim them off over time. Like him, we should love justice and this should increasingly affect how we deal with others and how we treat those around us. For those who aren't Christians, who don't know Jesus, there is a huge warning in this passage. We read, don't we, in verse 2, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? It's a warning 
to all who don't know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. To look out at injustices in the world and ask where is God? Why doesn't he sort this all out? Be careful what you wish for. There is a day of judgment that will come when Jesus returns to judge both the living and the dead. We often see, don't we, in Scripture how God warns people of impending judgment and then waits. Here we have the warning of judgment, but as yet God is waiting. Come to him today, do not delay. Do not delay. So, as Christians, how does this refining happen in our lives? How does it work practically in our lives? How are we refined by God? How do we allow him to refine us? Well, I wrote down four little bits here. One, it's when we read God's word. When we read God's word, we realize more of who he is and he shows us the things in our life that are not of him. It's when we come together under God's word, together at church and listen together. There God speaks to us and shows us himself. It's when we sing truths together, when we sing the truth of God's word to each other, he shows us himself. And it's when we build wholesome and godly friendships, when we get to know each other as family it's then that we are able to help each other and encourage each other and share Jesus with each other. And that is how we become more like him day by day. So right at the start of this message, we started with it's not fair. It's not fair. It might seem like that sometimes now. It may feel like that sometimes but God is a God of justice and he will judge fairly one day when he returns. The question for each of us is, are we ready for that day when he returns? Amen. And now we're going to sing our clothes in him um, and it's Rock of Ages, Cleft.